Welcome to the Skull Splitter Dice Podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. Visit us at SkullsplitterDice.com for the best D&D dice in the realms. Enjoy the episode. So, you've decided to play a sorcerer. With the changes made to spellcasting in 5th edition, a lot of players find sorcerers to be underpowered, especially when compared to wizards. This mainly has something to do with their limited spell list. But sorcerers have two features that I believe make them more powerful than their wizard counterparts or other spellcasters, and that's their metamagic and their sorcery points. If used correctly, and if the right decisions are made when making the character, these two features can make sorcerers just as powerful, if not more powerful, than wizards. Sorcerer Ability Points Unlike a wizard, a sorcerer's magic doesn't come from studying books. Instead, it's conjured from within. But in order to make it manifest itself into the world, the sorcerer must use their charisma. So take your highest ability score and place it into charisma. Put your second highest ability score into dexterity. This is an important stat for any D&D 5e character. It affects saving throws, armor class, and a bunch of other different things. As for constitution, this is also an important stat for any D&D character, so make this your third stat. It'll allow you to gain more hit points every single time you level up. And as for intelligence, wisdom, and strength, these are not really important for a sorcerer, so just put your lowest ability scores into those. So what are the best races for a sorcerer? There are definitely some that are inherently better geared for this than others, and one of them is the half-elf. Half-elves get plus two to charisma automatically and plus one to two other abilities of your choice. They can also see in the dark, they have advantage on saving throws against being charmed, and they also can't be put to sleep by magic. These are all great abilities for a sorcerer to have. Next up is the Dragonborn. They get plus one to charisma when they're first created, and they also get resistance to one damage type based on their draconic ancestry. And lastly, there's the Tiefling, and this is the one I probably see played as a sorcerer the most. They get plus two to charisma and plus one to intelligence right off the bat. Tieflings also get resistance to fire and free spells such as Thaumaturgy, Hellish Rebuke, and Darkness. When creating your sorcerer, you'll be able to choose one of two origins for your magical powers. Let's go over the best features from both. Draconic Bloodline. In this origin, your ancestors made a pact with a dragon, or are in some way related to one. If you choose this origin, get access to the best spells by choosing to be a descendant of either a gold dragon, a white dragon, or a silver dragon. Gold dragons specialize in fire spells, and some of the best offensive spells in D&D 5e do fire damage. It only makes sense to choose this one if you want to maximize your spell options. Silver and white dragons, however, specialize in cold damage, and there are many, many great cold damage spells as well. So if you don't want to play a character that's descended from a gold dragon, if that seems too lush for you or for whatever reason, you may want to claim a silver or a white dragon ancestry instead. Regardless of which draconic bloodline you choose, dragon resilience is just a great feature to have. It gives you an extra hit point for every level you gain and makes your AC equal to 13 plus your dex modifier when you're not wearing armor. At level 14, Dragon Wings is also a great feature to have. This does pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It helps you sprout Dragon Wings that you can use to fly. And then there's Wild Magic. If this origin is the source of your magical powers, you are channeling the powers of chaos that underlie the world. In this case, Tides of Chaos gives you an advantage on one saving throw, ability check, or attack roll. You can use Tides of Chaos again after a long rest. There is also a chance that you'll be able to gain this back without having to do a long rest if the DM allows you to roll for a random magical effect. Some DMs interpret this differently than others though, so definitely check with yours before trying it. 
Another great feature of the Wild Magic Origin is Bend Luck. This will allow you to spend two sorcery points to either add a bonus or a penalty to another creature's roll. Spellcasting and Sorcery Points At level 1, a sorcerer gets four cantrips and two level 1 spells. In order to cast a spell, you must expend a spell slot of the same level of the spell or above. At first glance, this may appear to be the same system that wizards use. However, sorcerers can practice an exception to these spell slot requirements. Beginning at level 2, you have two sorcery points that you can draw upon each day. You can expend these sorcery points to create a new first level spell slot, allowing you to cast one extra spell as needed. As you gain levels over time, you'll get more sorcery points, giving you more spellcasting flexibility. Sorcery points can also be used for metamagic. As a sorcerer, you can spend sorcery points to produce metamagic effects. If you don't have enough sorcery points to spend, you can also sacrifice a spell slot to get more. For example, you can expend a first level spell slot to gain two sorcery points. Metamagic effects make your magic more potent and more useful, and here are some of the best ones to use. Quicken Spell If a spell has a casting time of one action, spend two sorcery points to speed it up by being able to use it as a bonus action instead. Twin Spell if a first level spell targets one creature, you can spend two sorcery points to make it target two creatures instead. This can also be used on higher level spells at a higher cost to your sorcery points. Heightened Spell If a spell allows its victim to make a saving throw to reduce or avoid damage, you can spend three sorcery points in order to make them have disadvantage on that roll. Sorcerer Armor and Weapons If you have a Draconic Bloodline origin, your Dragon Resilience will be all the armor you really need. If you have a Wild Magic Origin, take Mage Armor as one of your spells. It makes your AC 13 plus your Dex modifier for 8 hours so long as you're not wearing any armor. As a Sorcerer, you don't really need any armor, you just need clothes that best reflect your worldview. For a weapon, use crossbows, quarterstaffs, slings, daggers, or darts. You're probably not very strong, so stay away from more heavier weapons that meatheads will more often use, like longswords, axes, and other things. So how do I protect my allies as a sorcerer? Well, you can use enhance ability to give your friends pluses in things like strength, constitution, dex, or other abilities. If a foe is too big for your party to handle, you can use invisibility in order to sneak past them. You can also cast a web on big monsters if you want to incapacitate them entirely. Other options to restrict your opponents and reduce damage are things like blindness, deafness, or hold person. So how do I fight as a sorcerer? Well, it's pretty simple. You just burn your opponent down with your spells. At level 1, you can choose from Acid Splash, Shocking Grass, Fire Bolts, Ray of Frost, Magic Missile, Thunder Wave, you name it. There's tons of options at level 1. And at level 2, you can get Scorching Ray to do even more damage. If you run out of spell slots, or if you just want to save them for later, like a tactical person might want to do, use a crossbow to take out your opponent from a distance. You can also run up and get some melee shots in, but be prepared to run very quickly in the opposite direction if things go sour. Sorcerers only have 1d6 per level hit dice, so extended melee is not a smart option. And finally, let's end on some sorcery utility tips. When outside of combat, sorcerers have some very handy spells at their disposal. You can use Disguise Self if you want to slip away from someone that is looking for you, or appear like someone that the target might actually trust. You can also use Detect Thoughts as a pretty useful spell to solve mysteries and help find clues. In addition, 
Don't forget that sorcerers have a very high charisma score. Use your personal charm to perform at non-magical skills such as persuasion, deception, and intimidation. For non-combat encounters, these skills are some of the best in the game, and sorcerers excel at them. I hope this video has convinced you that sorcerers are not as underpowered as a lot of people claim them to be. With their high charisma and their use of sorcery points, meta magic, and other class features, they can be a great addition to any party and might be good if you're looking for a spellcaster that sort of deviates enough from the norm. I hope you guys have enjoyed this video. Thank you so much for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.